0: The majority of college football fans think of Wisconsin as a Big Ten contender and occasionally a team that contends for the college football playoff. The reality is Wisconsin has not won the Big Ten in over a decade. The last time they did was 2012. To their credit, they won the Big Ten the year before that in 2011 and the year before that in 2010. 2010 they were tied with Michigan State and Ohio State. 2011 they battled Michigan State in an all-time classic in what was the original and first Big 10 championship game. 2012 they faced a highly favored Nebraska as Wisconsin was 7 and 5 entering the game and Wisconsin blew out Nebraska despite Nebraska being heavily favored. And they entered the Rose Bowl as an 8-5 and five Big Ten champion, and that's because Ohio State and Penn State were sanctioned, despite finishing ahead of and beating Wisconsin in their respective division. But since that three-year stretch where Wisconsin won the Big Ten, and that was all in the Brett Bielema era, Paul Crist, Gary Anderson, they did not win the Big Ten. Now they appeared a collective four times in Indy, keeping Wisconsin and their reputation as a Big Ten contender up and stabilizing it, but never actually winning the conference. Gary Anderson's 2014 Badgers lost 59-0 in Indianapolis to the eventual national champion 14-1 Ohio State Buckeyes. In 2016, that was in Paul Christ's second year, Paul Christ went to Indy, lost 31-38 to Penn State, in which Wisconsin led big time at one point, and they let the lead slip away. 2017, an undefeated Wisconsin, some thought that even if they lost in a close game, they would still be in the college football playoff, fatefully lost to Ohio State in Indy in 2017. 2019, the most recent time the Badgers made a trip to Indianapolis, Wisconsin led 21-7 at half against an Ohio State team that was ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings and still finished number one in ESPN's FPI. They led the undefeated Buckeyes 21-7 at half, and then Ohio State outscored them 24-0 the rest of the game. And now here we are. Wisconsin just two years ago in 2020, and even really like a year and a half ago in the 2021 preseason, correction on the two years ago, 2020 is three years ago now, or two and a half if you're looking at August or July or summer 2020 preseason, Wisconsin was viewed as the third or second best team in the Big Ten. They really were in those years. Both times they failed to meet expectations, but there was a reason that they were given benefit of the doubt. They had good returning production. They were recruiting well. Graham Mertz, who was the starting quarterback in both of those years, was a highly rated four-star out of Kansas. And then after those two disappointing years, again, just in 2019, Wisconsin was a top-ten team, crushed Michigan, You know, handily beat Iowa crushed Minnesota, who was 11-2 and and finished in the top 10. And look, they weren't elite, but they were a good, great team. Just two and a half, three years removed from that, Paul Crist is fired. After the team starts two and three, the defense not being able to carry the team year after year and losing tons of production after 2021— They could not keep up the elite level of play they had in 2020 and 2021. The offense, while improving slightly, overall, they still had Graham Mertz at quarterback and they lost too much at the offensive line to be. They couldn't rely as much on their run game, despite some improvements they made at wide receiver and quarterback. They also lost tight end Jake Ferguson, which of course hurt after the 2021 season ended. lost him to the NFL draft. Paul Chris was fired. Jim Leonard came in, went 4-3, and three, got the Badgers to Bull eligibility. He does not get the full-time gig. And Luke Fickle is hired as his replacement. Now, why did I spend several minutes talking about this? Because I want to set the real stage that Wisconsin, despite taking a fall from grace, despite falling from their Big Ten championship contender status over the past two seasons— still has a lot of that potential, and they have a solid foundation to build off of. Luke Fickle is not coming into this with the cupboard bare. This is not Mel Tucker succeeding Mark D'Antonio right when COVID smacked us all in the face. That's not what this is. Not what this is one bit. This is not Bill O'Brien taking over after Joe Paterno is fired and several scholarships are stripped from Penn State and half the roster is encouraged to transfer out. That's not what this is. This is closer. What this this is closer to, relating it back to one of Luke Fickle's earlier experiences, this is closer to Urban Meyer coming in after Luke Fickle's interim season. This is closer to Jim Harbaugh coming in after Brady Hoke ran Michigan into the ground, but recruited nicely had some NFL talent on the roster, and really it was more coaching than anything that caused this team victories. It was the same thing with Fickle's interim situation in 2011. Braxton Miller was on that roster. He, in fact, started some games for Luke Fickle at quarterback, but Fickle was very young as a head coach. Tressel's staff was outdated at that time. There was chaos surrounding the program due to Tattoo Gate. But when you got the right man in place, it all flowed seamlessly, and everything went better than everyone predicted in year one. It's the same thing with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan in 2015. They finished 10-3, and were a top-10 team according to some metrics, top-15 unanimously by everyone. They finished 10-3, and they nearly went 11-2, if not for that fateful trouble with the snap play, which I as a Michigan fan want erased from my memory. And then Urban Meyer, after taking over for Luke Fickle in 2012, went 12-0, undefeated. They didn't get to go to a bowl game due to sanctions, but 12-0, undefeated, a lot of close wins, but still an undefeated team that was resilient and had tons of talent none nonetheless. I expect Wisconsin to perform closer to that than I expect them to perform like a team that has to rebuild everything from the ground up, because I don't think Wisconsin, frankly, has to do that. Wisconsin, for example, is top three in returning production in the Big Ten. They're top 30 overall nationally. They're 27th. They're 30th on offense, 48th on defense. They'll have a new coach, obviously, and a new quarterback. And yet the overall tenor of the team suggests that it will mostly have the same personnel on the field. Some examples of this, Clay Cundiff at tight end, Raylan Allen and Ches Malusi at running back. You have Trey Wedig, Tanner Bortolini, you have Jack Nelson. Those are some players that I have had experience with watching and are, am somewhat familiar with, players that have had starts or significant playing time on the offensive line. Joe Brunner, recent recruit Nolan Rushi who's been in the program for several years, highly touted five-star tackle. You have Ray Dike, Skyler Bell, Keontes Lewis at wide receiver. Lots of returning production there. Jake Renfro, who's a transfer coming in at center, and Tanner Mordecai, who's an incoming transfer at quarterback. The two other transfers coming in for Wisconsin's offense are Nick Evers and Braden Lockie, and there are some others that are coming in at wide receiver. An offensive line, but rlads.com has not updated those. They last updated Wisconsin's depth chart at January 19th, 2023. So a lot of the same guys coming back on offense, and a lot of the positions where there's returning production on offense were not the problem. A wide receiver, for example, was not the problem. Keem Ray DK, I think, was an underrated wide receiver. He had over 500 receiving yards, a few receiving touchdowns, and Graham Mertz was the guy passing the ball. He could be a 1,000-yard receiver if with Tanner Mordecai at the starting quarterback position. Braylon Allen and Chez Malusi were far from the problem. Look at Paul Crist and Bobby Engram. The offensive line, look, they did not have their best season but they were not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think they were anywhere from below average to above average. They were in that mid-tier, maybe above average range. They have returning production there, and they are being bolstered in the transfer portal by Joe Huber, an offensive tackle from Cincinnati, and again, interior offensive lineman and center Jake Renfro are being bolstered there. On defense... You have Isaiah Mullins returning, longtime starter at defensive end. He's going to be a key defensive end player in this new 3-3-5 system. I think Wisconsin, despite losing Nick Herbig, for example, they're very deep at linebacker. Mayama Njongmeta, one of the best Big Ten linebackers, he's making a return. I have him currently on my preseason first team all Big Ten at linebacker. They're... Are being, there are, um, how do I put this? I'm so sorry. There's not much returning production at secondary, but there are incoming transfers at secondary. An example of this is Jason Matry, a safety from Boston College. There is um, a defensive lineman in Darian Varner who's coming in from Temple. There are several wide receivers, Will Pauling, Bryson Green, C.J. Williams, Quincy Burroughs. That's four of them transferring into Wisconsin. Edge player Jeff Petrowski, who did well at Michigan State in 2021 before unfortunately suffering an injury in 2022. He is transferring in. So front seven play, I think, is something that looks to be strong. Having five secondary players being played with Justin Clark, John Torchio, Jay Shaw, and Cedric Dort Jr. departing. That might be a weakness on this team, but I'm pretty sure that Mike Trestle and company have it handled on the defensive side of the ball. Wisconsin is a top-20 transfer portal class. Again, they are third in the Big Ten in returning production. I think that they can come out and do damage in year one. The potential that this team has, I'm going to relate it to a team just exploded on the national stage in 2022, it's TCU. They have the same potential that TCU does. Now, do I will I predict that they go 13-2 and two in year one? Absolutely not. That's not happening here with Michigan and Ohio State in the conference. And the fact that Wisconsin has to play one of those, granted it's at home, but still one of those two juggernauts, they have to play Ohio State, that's going to be very tough. Wisconsin also has a tough non-conference schedule for your average Big Ten team. They have a road game at Washington State, who is a above-average Pac-12 team. They're definitely a team that will vie for bowl eligibility and potentially a top-25 spot. They host Buffalo, travel to Washington State, who beat them with former Wisconsin running back Nakia Watson in Camp Randall just this past season. They also host Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is a team where if you have a sketchy defense with Clay Helton in that air raid, they will take advantage. So I think their non-conference schedule will give a good it'll give a good look at Wisconsin overall. With Washington State and Jake Dickert are defensive-minded, solid defensive play for a Pac-12 team. Georgia Southern, on the other hand, a pure um, our goal is to outscore you to score on every drive, and to get you to score on all but one drive. That's the kind of football Georgia Southern plays, sort of opposing to Washington State. So I think that's a good test for Wisconsin early on. The Badgers play Rutgers at home, Ohio State at home, and Indiana away from the East Division. You substitute Ohio State for maybe Penn State at home, or even heck Michigan State or anyone but Ohio State or Michigan. This could be one of the easier crossover schedules but just Ohio State at home I think Ohio State is a top two top four team at minimum next year maybe you could stretch it out to top five top six but Ohio State is in the top half of the Big Ten in returning production there's this narrative around the Buckeyes that they're taking a nosedive because they've lost to Michigan two years in a row no one even bothers to mention that those are Jim Harbaugh's two best Michigan teams. No one seems to mention that C.J. Stroud is Ohio State's best quarterback in a while. You know, best passing quarterback at least, possibly in history. Justin Fields, I think, could contend for Ohio State's best overall quarterback. No one seems to mention that, you know, there were some, there were plenty of defensive issues, but I think Ryan Day has seemed to try and rectify those. That's going to be a very tough game. Now thankfully it's at home. I think that Wisconsin's offense and defense, if they are efficient, if they do play to their potential, I think they could cause some major schematic matchup issues for Ohio State. Big 10 teams aren't used to seeing an ACC Big 12 air raid or a 335 defense. You know, part of the reason Michigan didn't do so well against TCU wasn't because Michigan had inferior players, or because even Michigan's schemes were inferior. It wasn't because of that. I happen to think that the Big Ten style offenses and defenses, you know, and by Big Ten offenses, I mean Ohio State's offense, Michigan's, Penn State's, you know, the more the spread offenses that also have good trench play, not just the spread offenses that if you outmatch them at the line of scrimmage, you blow them out. The problem was. You're not used to seeing that kind of defense if you're a Big Ten team. And Michigan was totally in that game, not looking at TCU and not giving them a hard, serious look. And TCU's 3-3-5 defense took huge advantage of that. Huge advantage of that. And with a solid secondary and solid linebacker core, they could stack the box and take advantage of J.J. McCarthy and his look his tendency to take risks and they took perfect advantage of that with Wisconsin's defense if they can capitalize off the talent that they have if Mike Tressel can do it, he did at Cincinnati and Michigan State where he consistently fielded top 25 defenses and also top 10 defenses this defense can totally slow down Ohio State's offense and this offense with its powerful run game something that Ohio State has struggled to defend against in the Ryan Day era, is college football teams that can run the football and run it well, whether it's Oregon in 2021, whether it's Michigan in 2021 and 2022, whether it's Alabama in 2020, to a lesser degree Clemson in 2019, or Georgia just this past season in 2022. Look, it is what it is, ultimately and I think that that Ohio State game is going to be one of the better games in the Big Ten, despite Luke Fickle being in year one and despite Ohio State having a great head coach, an elite head coach in Ryan Day, and an elite roster. Wisconsin's toughest games will be hosting Iowa and Ohio State and a road rivalry game at Minnesota. P.J. Fleck has won Paul Bunyan's axe two years in a row, and I think that Minnesota last year Going into Wisconsin and beating them. And not just, you know, it was a seven point win, but they still beat them handily. And Ethan Kaliakmanis had a phenomenal game compared to some of his other starts. Minnesota is a team that is amongst one of the worst in the Big Ten in returning production. Minnesota is 12th, 87th overall, 91st on offense. 78th on defense, and they're going to need their defense to be ranked higher than their offense in returning production, because I don't think Minnesota's offense, especially with Kirk Sharaka departing, along with Tanner Morgan and Muhammad Ibrahim, and a lot of their offensive line, like John Michael Schmidt's leaving, offense is going to take likely a step back. It's definitely not going to improve by much. That I know for certain. But Minnesota, the way they like to play football, the way they like to ground and pound, they're mentally tough, they don't give up, as shown by the fact that they have beaten and contended with several teams that are more talented than them. They didn't fall apart or collapse when they lost to Bowling Green, for example, in 2021. Minnesota's the type of team that can get humiliated and bounce back. Only mentally tough teams can do that. That's going to be a tough environment to win in um, TCF Bank Stadium. It's very loud, modern-built, and they're going to be facing a tough rival in the Gophers who have turned the tide against Wisconsin, who's dominated the series in the 21st century, hosting Iowa. Iowa is going to be a team that is going to be a real challenge for this Wisconsin offense. And again, with that 3-3-5 system, if you do not have studs at either linebacker or D-line and you run a 3-3-5, and Iowa's offensive line gets back to the normal Kirk Ferentz standard, well, Iowa will have success running the football, and they'll control the game, control the clock, and that will be a tough matchup as well. Same thing with Ohio State and the offensive line, by the way. If Henderson and Williams are healthy, with Matthew Jones and Donovan Jackson at guard, Wisconsin is probably going to have to stack the box on defense if they don't want Ohio State to fully control That game in Camp Randall. I look at Wisconsin's schedule. I'm going to go through it game by game for a few minutes and then we'll close out this video. Wisconsin hosting Buffalo, that should be a blowout debut. At Washington State is a game that I think will present some challenges, but should be a win. Georgia Southern, I think that's going to be a win. Georgia Southern's defense will allow a team that has a rushing offense like Wisconsin and an improved quarterback in Tanner Mordecai to score on them almost every drive. I think they will put up some points against Wisconsin's defense, though. Next, Wisconsin travels to Purdue. They then host Rutgers and host Iowa. All of those teams have a talent inferiority to Wisconsin. Wisconsin will have better offenses than all of those teams. I think only Iowa will have a better defense than Wisconsin. I think at Purdue's a big win, and by big I don't mean... You know, the importance of the game. I mean, Wisconsin handily beats them. Wisconsin will handily beat Rutgers as well. And I think they'll beat Iowa in a close game that is mainly determined by home field advantage. At Illinois is a tricky game. It's the game before Ohio State. To me, that totally screams trap game. And I do think that indeed, Wisconsin, in my opinion, will lose to the Illini that fateful day. They'll also play it close against Ohio State at home, but unfortunately fall short. And Wisconsin's best outcome in that game against Ohio State is winning it close. That game ranges from Wisconsin winning by a field goal, maybe a touchdown at most, to Ohio State coming in and winning by four touchdowns. After the Ohio State game, Wisconsin travels to Indiana, host Northwestern, and Nebraska. I think all of those will be hand They'll be handy wins, they'll all be great wins. Nebraska is tricky, and I say that Nebraska is tricky because I like their offense. I like the talent they have in offense. I love the quarterback that they have in Casey Thompson. And unlike the Ohio State game, where I think Wisconsin is going to be very prepared defensively for Ohio State, they're going to get up for that game, especially since Luke Fickle is ties to Ohio State. Nebraska's the game before Minnesota. And I think that Nebraska, they could catch Wisconsin napping a little bit, but I don't think it'll be enough at all, especially with the rebuilding work that Nebraska has to do on defense. Finally, there's the road game at Minnesota. That's going to be a tough game. I view it in the same way as the Illinois game, except it's not a trap game. It's just the fact that Minnesota is more established. Minnesota matches up well with Wisconsin, in my opinion, and I think that could be a close loss or a close win. The Illinois and Minnesota games that are on the road I think are pretty close to 50-50 games. Wisconsin could totally go 11-1 in the regular season. They very well could get 11 regular season wins, losing to Ohio State, or if they upset Ohio State, maybe losing to Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, teams that are in the top half of their own division. Or maybe they lose early at Washington State and turn the tide for the rest of the season. Maybe... Just maybe they could go undefeated, just like TCU did. But I think even in that instance, they would fall short in the conference championship game, either in a rematch to Ohio State or facing a Michigan team that schematically, as long as they prepare for the 3-3-5 this time, should match up very well with that kind of defense. But I think Wisconsin has tons of hope for 2023 and beyond. The Luke Fickle hire blew it out of the water. Hiring Phil Longo and Mike Tressel as coordinators blew it out of the water. C- hiring Cincinnati's strength and conditioning coach, too, along with bringing in some Cincinnati players, I think is a genius move as well. You get some guys who can explain the systems that are coming in to some of these players that can gel well with the players, but also probably take leadership roles as well and have connections to, to Mike Tressel and Luke Fickle and some other guys the strength and conditioning coach as well. So I think there will be good chemistry. I expect there to be good performance from this team as well. I do have them in my top 25, more specifically my top 15 for a reason. That's all I'm going to say for this video. If you liked it, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts down below. Goodbye, guys. See you later.